Section 1 of Poems of American History, The Colonial Era. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Douglas Taylor. Poems of American History, The Colonial Era. Chapter 1, The Discovery of America. Part 1. Bjarni, son of Herjulf, speeding westward from Iceland in 986 to spend the Yuletide in Greenland with his father, encountered foggy weather and steered by guesswork for many days. At last he sighted land, but a land covered with dense woods, not at all the land of fjords and glaciers he was seeking. So, without stopping, he turned his prow to the north, and ten days later was telling his story to the listening circle before the blazing logs in his father's house at Bratalid. The tale came in time to the ears of Leif, the famous son of Red Eric, and in the year 1000 he set out from Greenland with a crew of thirty-five in search of the strange land to the south. He reached the barren coast of Labrador and named it Helluland or Slateland. South of it was a coast so densely wooded that he named it Markland or Woodland. At last he ran his ship ashore at a spot where a river issuing from a lake fell into the sea. Wild grapes abounded, and he named the country Vinland. The Story of Vinland From Psalm of the West Far spread below, the sea, that fast hath locked in his loose flow all secrets of Atlantis' drowned woe, lay bound about with night on every hand, save down the eastern brink, a shining band of day made out a little way from land. Then from that shore the wind upbore a cry, Thou sea, thou sea of darkness, why, oh, why dost waste thy west in unthrift mystery? But ever the idiot sea-mouths foam and fill, and never a wave doth good for man or ill and blank is king, and nothing hath his will. And like as grim-beaked pelicans level file across the sunset toward their nightly isle on solemn wings that wave but seldom while, so leanly sails the day behind the day to where the past's lone rock o'erglooms the spray and down its mortal fissures sinks away. Master! Master, break this ban, the wave lacks thee. Oh, is it not to widen man stretches the sea? Oh, must the sea-bird's idle van alone be free? Into the sea of the dark doth creep Bjorni's pallid sail, as the face of a walker in his sleep, set rigid and most pale, about the night doth peer and peep in a dream of an ancient tale, Lo, here is made a hasty cry, Land, land upon the west. God save such land. Go by, go by, Here may no mortal rest, Where this waste hell of slate doth lie, And grind the glacier's breast. The sail goeth limp, Hay, flap, and strain, Round eastward slanteth the mast, As the sleepwalker, Waked with pain, White-clothed in the midnight blast, doth stare and quake, and stride again to houseward all aghast. Yet as a ghost his household cry, he hath followed a ghost in flight. Let us see the ghost. 
his household fly with lamps to search the night. So Norseman's sails run out and try the sea of the dark with light. Stout Armarson southward whirled from out the tempest's hand, doth skip the sloping of the world to Whitramanaland, where George's oaks, with moss beards curled, wave by the shining strand and sway in sighs from Florida's spring or Carolina's palm. What time the mockingbird doth bring the woods his artist's balm, singing the song of everything, consumeth sweet and calm. Land of large, merciful-hearted skies, big bounties, rich increase, green rests for trades, bloodshot eyes, for orbeat brains surcease, for love the dear woods' sympathies, for grief the wise woods' peace, for need rich givings of hid powers in hills and vales quick won, for greed large exemplary flowers that ne'er have toiled nor spun, for heat fair-tempered winds and showers, for cold, the neighbor's son. Then Leif, bold son of Eric the Red, to the south of the west doth flee, past slaty Helleland is sped, past Markland's woody lee, till round about fair Vinland's head, where Taunton helps the sea. The Norseman calls, the anchor falls, the mariners hurry a strand, they wassail with four drunken skulls, where prophet wild grapes stand. They lift the leaf's booths, hasty walls, they stride about the land. New England, thee, whose ne'er spent wine as blood doth stretch each vein, and urge thee, sinewed like thy vine, through peril and all pain, to grasp endeavor's towering pine, and, once a hold, remain. Land where the strenuous-handed wind, with sarcasm of a friend, doth smite the man would lag behind to frontward of his end. Yea, where the taunting fallen grind of nature's ill doth send such mortal challenge of a clown, rude thrust upon the soul, that men but smile where mountains frown, or scowling waters roll, and nature's front of battle down do hurl from pole to pole. Now long the sea of darkness glimmers low, with sails from Northland flickering to and fro, Thorvald, Karlsevne, and those twin heirs of woe, Helbog and Finga, in treasonable beds slain by the ill-born child of Eric Red, Freydissa false. Till, as much time is fled, once more the vacant airs with darkness fill, once more the wave doth never good nor ill, and blank is king, and nothing works his will. And leanly sails the day behind the day, to where the past's lone rock o'erglooms the spray, and down its mortal fissures sinks away, as when the grim-beaked pelicans level file across the sunset to their seaward isle on solemn wings that wave but seldom while. Sidney Lanier Leif and his crew spent the winter in Vinland, and in the following spring took back to Greenland news of the pleasant country they had discovered. Other voyages followed, 
but the newcomers became embroiled with the natives, who attacked them in such numbers that all projects of colonization were abandoned, and finally, in 1012, the Norsemen sailed away forever from this land of promise. THE NORSEMEN On a fragment of statue found at Bradford Gift from the cold and silent past, a relic to the present cast, left on the ever-changing strand of shifting and unstable sand, which wastes beneath the steady chime and beating of the waves of time. Who, from its bed of primal rock, first wrenched thy dark, unshapely block? Whose hand of curious skill untaught thy rude and savage outline wrought? The waters of my native stream are glancing in the sun's warm beam. From sail-urged keel and flashing oar the circles widen to its shore, and cultured field and peopled town slope to its willowed margin down. Yet, while this morning breeze is bringing the home-life sound of school-bells ringing and rolling wheel and rapid jar of the fire-winged and steedless car, and voices from the wayside near come quick and blended on my ear. A spell is in this old gray stone. My thoughts are with the past alone. A change. The steepled town no more stretches along the sail-thronged shore. Like palace domes in sunset's cloud, fade sun-gilt spire and mansion proud. Spectrally rising where they stood, I see the old primeval wood, dark, shadow-like. On either hand I see its solemn waste expand. It climbs the green and cultured hill, it arches o'er the valley's rill, and leans from cliff and crag to throw its wild arms o'er the stream below. Unchanged alone, the same bright river flows on, as it will flow forever. I listen, and I hear the low, soft ripple where its waters go. I hear behind the panther's cry, the wild bird's scream goes thrilling by, and, shyly on the river's brink, the deer is stooping down to drink. But hark, from wood and rock flung back, what sound comes up the Merrimack? What sea-worn barks are those which throw the light spray from each rushing prow? Have they not in the North Sea's blast Bowed to the waves the straining mast? Their frozen sails the low, pale sun of Thule's night Has shone upon, Flapped by the sea-wind's gusty sweep Round icy drift and headland steep, While Jutland's wives and Lachlan's daughters Have watched them, Fading o'er the waters, Lessening through driving mist and spray, Like white-winged seabirds, on their way. Onward they glide, and now I view their iron-armed and stalwart crew. Joy glistens in each wild blue eye, turned to green earth and summer sky. Each broad-seamed breast has cast aside its cumbering vest of shaggy hide. Bared to the sun and soft warm air streams back the Northman's yellow hair. I see the gleam of axe and spear, 
the sound of smitten shields I hear, keeping a harsh and fitting time to saga's chant and runic rhyme. Such lays as Zetland Skald has sung his gray and naked isles among, or muttered low at midnight hour round Odin's mossy stone of power. The wolf beneath the arctic moon has answered to that startling rune. The gale has heard its stormy swell. The light frank knows its summons well. Iona's sable-stoled Kaldi has heard it, sounding o'er the sea, and swept with hoary beard and hair his altar's foot in trembling prayer. Tis past. The wildering vision dies in darkness on my dreaming eyes. The forest vanishes in air, hill slope and vale I starkly bear. I hear the common tread of men and hum of workday life again. The mystic relic seems alone, a broken mass of common stone. And if it be the chiseled limb of Berserker, or idle grim, a fragment of Valhalla's Thor, the stormy Viking's god of war, or Praga of the runic lay, or love-awakening Siona, I know not. For no graven line, nor druid mark, nor runic sign is left me here, by which to trace its name, or origin, or place. Yet for this vision of the past, this glance upon its darkness cast, my spirit bows in gratitude before the giver of all good, who fashioned so the human mind, that from the waste of time behind a simple stone or mound of earth can summon the departed forth, quicken the past to life again, the present lose in what hath been, and in their primal freshness show the buried forms of long ago, as if a portion of that thought by which the eternal will is wrought whose impulse fills anew with breath the frozen solitude of death. To mortal mind were sometimes left, to mortal musings sometimes sent, to whisper, even when it seems but memory's fantasy of dreams, through the mind's waste of woe and sin, of an immortal origin. John Greenleaf Whittier This in mere outline is the story of Vinland as told in the Icelandic Chronicle. Of its substantial accuracy there can be little doubt. Many proofs of Norse occupation have been found on the shores of Massachusetts Bay. The skeleton in armor, however, which was unearthed in 1835 near Fall River Mass, was probably that of an Indian. The Skeleton in Armor Speak! Speak! Thou fearful guest, who, with thy hollow breast, still in rude armor dressed, comest to daunt me, wrapped not in eastern balms, but with thy fleshless palms stretched, as if asking alms, why dost thou haunt me? Then from those cavernous eyes pale flashes seem to rise, as when the northern skies gleam in December, and like the waters flow under December's snow, came a dull voice of woe from the heart's chamber. I was a Viking old, 
my deeds, though manifold, no scald in song has told, no saga taught thee. Take heed that in thy verse thou dost the tale rehearse, else dread a dead man's curse. For this I sought thee. Far in the northern land, by the wild Baltic strand, I, with my childish hand, tamed the gerfalcon, and with my skates fast bound, skimmed the half-frozen sound that the poor whimpering hound trembled to walk on. Oft to his frozen lair cracked I the grisly bear, while from my path the hare fled like a shadow. Oft through the forest dark followed the werewolf's bark until the soaring lark sang from the meadow. But when I older grew, joining a courser's crew, o'er the dark sea I flew with the marauders. Wild was the life we led, many the souls that sped, many the hearts that bled by our stern orders. Many a wassail bout were the long winter out, Often our midnight shout set the cocks crowing as we the berserk's tail measured in cups of ale, draining the oak and pale filled to o'erflowing. Once, as I told in glee tales of the stormy sea, soft eyes did gaze on me, burning yet tender. And as the white stars shine on the dark Norway pine, On that dark heart of mine fell their soft splendor. I wooed the blue-eyed maid, yielding, yet half afraid, And in the forest's shade our vows were plighted. Under its loosened vest fluttered her little breast, Like birds within their nest by the hawk frighted. Bright in her father's hall shields gleamed upon the wall. Loud sang the minstrels all, chanting his glory. When of old Hildebrand I asked his daughter's hand, mute did the minstrels stand to hear my story. While the brown ale he quaffed, loud then the champion laughed. And as the wind gusts waft the sea foam brightly, so the loud laugh of scorn out of those lips unshorn from the deep drinking horn blew the foam lightly. She was a prince's child, I but a Viking wild, and though she blushed and smiled, I was discarded. Should not the dove so white follow the sea mew's flight? Why did they leave that night her nest unguarded? Scarce had I put to sea, bearing the maid with me. Fairest of all was she among the Norsemen, when on the white sea strand, waving his armed hand, saw we old Hildebrand with twenty horsemen. 
Then launched they to the blast, bent like a reed each mast, yet we were gaining fast, when the wind failed us, and with a sudden flaw came round the gusty scaw, so that our foe we saw laugh as he hailed us. And as to catch the gale, round veered the flapping sail. Death was the helmsman's hail, death without quarter. Midships, with iron keel, struck we her ribs of steel. Down her black hulk did reel through the black water. As with his wings aslant sails the fierce cormorant, sinking some rocky haunt with his prey laden, so toward the open main beating to sea again, through the wild hurricane bore I the maiden. Three weeks we westward bore, and when the storm was o'er, cloud-like, we saw the shore stretching to leeward. There for my lady's bower built I the lofty tower which to this very hour stands looking seaward. There lived we many years. Time dried the maiden's tears. She had forgot her fears. She was a mother. Death closed her mild blue eyes. Under that tower she lies. Ne'er shall the sun arise on such another. Still grew my bosom then, still as a stagnant fen. Hateful to me were men, the sunlight hateful. In the vast forest here, clad in my warlike gear, fell I upon my spear. Oh, death was grateful. Thus, seamed with many scars, bursting these prison bars, up to its native stars my soul ascended. There from the flowing bowl deep drinks the warrior's soul. Skull to the Northland, skull! Thus the tale ended. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow End of Section 1